Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Why am I more nervous about old men than I was about playing Florida in a walk? What's wrong with me? I think we can talk about that, but one thing we should talk about, I want to thank everybody again for continuing to listen. Um, everybody's been a lot, very interactive with us on Twitter. We appreciate that. Uh, you guys stay with us. We are, uh, we're learning as we go still after several years. So um, we're trying to make this bigger and better for everybody out there. And today we're going to talk a lot about Ole Miss, Jimmy. Let's go ahead and start there. <clears throat> Why are you more nervous about Ole Miss versus Florida? And I think the answer is really pretty obvious. I can't believe you don't know it. I'm not sure if you were asking a rhetorical question, um, but I'm going to give you an answer regardless. Uh, so th- this game to me, and this is why I thought college game day uh, hit a bit of a snag here by not choosing name a game with more storyline. Uh, you've got Lane Kiven um, and Nick Saban, probably the two coaches people consider to be the most polar opposites just on face value. I mean, you got one that's loosey goosey. I mean, he's, He's all over social media. He comes up with ideas like, I'm going to start an Instagram page and only follow Arch Manning. Um, he <laughs> is, I mean, like, we're not even sure if he's facetious or not in his praise of Alabama. Um, he retweets things that are smart alecky. Uh, he wears sunglasses all the time. He's a partier. He seems like football is just a gift from God to him. Nick Saban conversely is older he is uh more businesslike now he can be fun we all know this but he's more businesslike he wears a uh sort of a uh meshy indiana jones hat what are you doing me yeah i'm just sitting here on my balcony yeah uh so yeah i think uh there's passing traffic what the hell was that noise that was a passing truck all right, you gotta you gotta mute you when you're not talking because that, that oh, I thought you well, I can't do that. I suppose I could do that. I was fascinated with listening to your answer. I wasn't. To be honest, you heard the truck better than I did. I was uh, I was listening to your answer, and I'm like, uh, wow, this is good stuff. I swear to God, I thought you were on the airplane and flushed the toilet in that tiny <laughs> airplane. You know. Anyway, um, that would be the so, greatest. That would be our greatest podcast of all time. That would Me be on a plane. Podcast. I don't I don't fly uh, well. I don't fly well. It would be a stream of humor and what amounts to my last will and testament. So uh, Saban's older. He's more businesslike. He's not on social media. Um, he seems like a guy that is brilliant at football, but through hard work more than anything. Um, Lane Kim, I'm not saying Lane Kevin doesn't work hard, nor am I saying Nick Saban isn't gifted. It just appears this way. Like they seem like opposites. So then you have that storyline. If that if Lane Kiffin had never been at Alabama, that would be interesting. Lane Kiffin's also been fired on a tarmac. To my knowledge, Nick Saban has not. Another opposite. Um, now, then you've got the assistant versus the master uh, storyline going on. Lane, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team is undefeated. Alabama's undefeated defending champs. Ole Miss gave Alabama everything they wanted last year. The two Heisman Trophy candidates that are one and two or two and one, however you want to rank them, um, and they're just it, their storylines everywhere. 
And uh, so, yeah, that makes you a lot more nervous than facing off against Dan Mullen, a guy who's never coached for Nick Saban, a guy who Nick Saban, quite frankly, owns. Um, he's never beaten him. And uh, who had a quarterback named Emory Jones, who at the time we didn't think could throw the forward pass. And he, I'm still not sure he can. So, um, yeah, I think that's why it's, it's more interesting. Those are good reasons. Those are good reasons. Yeah, those are good reasons. Uh, I I still tend to fall back more on the football. And I guess my my overall point is this, and I think we pointed this out on a a show, you know, yesterday. Ole Miss has has less four stars on their entire roster than Alabama has in their starting lineup. The Ole Miss offensive line – which is supposedly going to pave the way for a 40-point performance against Alabama again, is made up of five three-stars. They only have one four-star wide receiver in their rotation, uh, Jonathan Mingo, as uh, as Drummond and Sanders were three-star guys, as well as the tight end Chase Rogers, a three-star. So it's just kind of weird to me that we look at Ole Miss as daunting, and I'm not saying they aren't. They are. But I guess we should give a lot of credit to Lane. He sort of built Ole Miss into this scary team, and I'm not sure if he's doing it with smoke and mirrors or we just have to credit his play calling, which I find outrageous that you can just play call your way to, to, to 10 wins in the SEC. That, that seems silly to me. I think you, you still have to have dudes. And uh, I'll just say this. I mean, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. If, Ole, if Alabama gives up 40 to Ole Miss again, I'm going to be, as an Alabama fan, kind of, kind of mad. As, as, you know, and I'm not mad. I don't mean real life. I mean sports mad. <laughs> but I'm going to be sports mad at, at, at Alabama's defensive staff and, and the leadership there if you give up 40 to Ole Miss again. I realize that the stats that they put up and that they're – they scored a lot of points last year on Alabama. I, I get all that. But to do it again with, with, with the lack of dudes. Now, Corral's a dude. Mingo's a good player. Drummond's a good player. They got good running backs. Uh, it's not like they're bereft of talent. But, man, it's got to be about dudes in the end, and we just have a lot more dudes than them, and they shouldn't be able to run up and down the field on us. And I'm going to be upset when they do. I can certainly buy that, and I want everybody to stay with us. Uh, while we continue on with this conversation, after I tell you about Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com, or go to the Prize Picks app. You can find it on the Apple Store, the Google Store, or Android Store, or whatever store you want. Prize Picks, it's awesome. You can take things like, um, oh, I don't know, will Bryce Young have over or under 300 passing yards? You want to take the over? Okay, then you can uh, bet that along with um, Matt Corral. Will he have over under 300 yards? And you can do you can combine these two and have yourself a lot of fun in this game this coming weekend. It's it's just an awesome awesome app. It's award winning. I mean literally. Go to PrizePicks.com or go sign up and get you a Prize Picks app. You will love this website. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get a hundred percent bonus up to a hundred dollars. PrizePicks.com. Tons of fun and a great way to say emotionally invested in a ball game, um, even if it's not Alabama playing. You know, like if you want to do the Florida-Kentucky game, you want to put something down on Chris Rodriguez, man, go for it. They'll have it over at Prize Picks. You'll love it, Prize Picks. 
rockauto.com or try out their app. Also, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. I'm going to sing it every time. Uh, you know it's coming. You, you can mute me if you want to. I'm still singing it. RockAuto.com, easy to navigate website. Got everything you could possibly want for your car at the rock bottom prices. That's where the rock and rock auto comes from. I'm not, I've not verified that, but I believe it's true. Rock bottom prices at RockAuto.com for quality parts. The same parts you get at the big box store. That's what's really cool. You can just save a ton of money. RockAuto.com, easy to navigate website. It's just it's so fun to just go on there and say, oh, you know, my 98 Honda Odyssey uh, needs a new uh, crankshaft, if that's such a thing. Well, you can look for it. They'll have it over at rockauto.com. In the How'd You Hear About Us button, be sure a box. Be sure to put Locked on Bama. We would appreciate that. Rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, Jimmy, continuing with the old Miss discussion here, that's an interesting uh, way to look at this. I, and I think um, – Overall, if you want to add up the stars in the starting lineups on on both sides, whoever is playing who, you know, no matter what two teams are playing, I think that can be a great way to broad brush figure out who's going to win each game. Now, the thing is, we all know this, too, that a five-star quarterback, which Matt Corral, I think, was at least a borderline five-star quarterback. He He may not have been a five-star quarterback. he was, he was a four, he was but he was a – yeah, he was. I, w- I would agree with that. Okay. So, if your quarterback is is like a really quality high four-star, five-star guy, that makes up for some receivers who all came in as three stars. You know what I mean? Whereas, I if your receiver is a five-star, but your quarterback's only a three-star, that's what he's playing like, hey – it's not going to matter much. I mean, because, yeah, he, the receiver can make a play every now and again, but if he can't get the ball, it doesn't matter. Same thing along the offensive line. So, um, and here's the other thing. I, I'm a stargazer as much as anybody. Firm believer in recruiting rankings. On3 has come out with their new rankings. Y'all do a great job over there, Jimmy. Um, so, I'm a big believer in all that. But – it's, it's not the end-all, be-all. And that's what people who uh, criticize recruiting rankings love to lean on. And I hate that argument because, see, what they're saying is, okay, this is, this is sort of where we project them to be, what they think. They'll, now, you can't factor in, well, will they, get, will they f- have girl trouble? Will um, one of them be homesick? Will, uh, you know, will they get there and just get lazy? Will, you know, whatever. And, and so a five-star can – sink down to two-star level very quickly if they don't have the motivation. And that's the one thing you can't legitimately rank because as a guy who went to college, I can tell you when you go to college, it can affect you immediately. I mean, like you're away from your parents, you're away from your friends and you're, you're working your tail off and they're good looking uh, girls everywhere. And you're, and you're a superstar on campus. And all of a sudden you can get a big head and screw things up. So, uh, but overall broad brush, I think, uh, adding up the stars on both sides of the ball and then comparing them to the other team is a great way to say, okay, who should win this? And I think that that is why Alabama's a 14 and a half point favorite, even though there are several national analysts saying, hey, I think Ole Miss is going to win this ball game. Yeah, recruiting rankings are a great guide. Uh, it's not, like you said, it's not the end all be all. Um, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, in the NFL, 
if you compare teams, I wonder I wonder how this would work. Like, let's say uh, what's uh, you know, let's say the Vikings are playing the Bengals, and I believe they did a few days ago. Let's say the Vikings are playing the Bengals, and and you're like, okay, who has the most? Which team? Which roster has the most first round picks, or who has the most? Uh, uh, Thursday and Friday picks, you know, top three rounds, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna say the favorite is whoever, whichever team has the most first round picks. I think we already see the flaws in that, you know, like well, well don't do that. I mean, that, that's that's going to be interesting information, but it's not going to tell you who wins the game. Uh, that's sort of how I look at the recruiting rankings uh, to an extent. I mean, it's it's more of a guide than anything. But it is really interesting to me that there's such a discrepancy in the recruiting rankings between how Alabama has built this roster and how Ole Miss built theirs, yet the game is seen as a, 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 a very high likelihood for an upset. Uh, a lot of national pundits, considering Alabama is a 14-15 point favorite, we're going to see a lot of people pick Ole Miss in these next couple of days. Uh, and and when you factor in recruiting rankings, that makes it very interesting. How about this, though, Luke? I just wrote this on On3 uh, as a way to get everybody a little nervous about the game, uh, although I just mean it to make people nervous. I'm actually picking Alabama to win the game. But think of this, Luke. In 08, Alabama lost to Florida and Tim Tebow, and Florida was a good team, and Tebow was a dual-threat Heisman candidate. In 2010, they lost to Auburn, again, Cam Newton, Dual threat, Heisman candidate, Auburn a good team. 2012, Johnny Manziel, same thing. 2016, Deshaun Watson, same thing. I would say to an extent, based on how their legs were against Alabama, uh, Alabama lost to Trevor Lawrence in 2018 and Joe Burrow in 2019. Heisman contending, dual threat quarterbacks playing on good teams. Well, here we go. Here we go again. Matt Corral, Heisman contending quarterback, playing for, right now, an undefeated, highly ranked team. Is this not the type of team that beats Alabama? All right, yeah, Jimmy, I think you're absolutely right. I think that um, definitely uh, dual-threat quarterbacks seem to be Alabama's bugaboo. However, I do think that's also – it's it's also a little overplayed. It's a little overplayed. I mean – we also – the quarterbacks we lost to, Joe Burrow, number one pick, Cam Newton, number one pick, um, Tim Trevor, Tebow was an pick. all-time SEC great. <clears throat> no, not number one pick. Um, Johnny Manziel, one of the – again, one of the best players in SEC history probably. I mean, we may not like him, but that's true. Um, yeah. Deshaun Watson was a, an incredible uh, player and, and a high first I – mean, I think number 12 pick in the draft, if I remember right. So, I mean, we lost to some dudes. And Joe Burrow, I already mentioned him, I may have, whatever. Um, but at the same time, we also lost to uh, Bo Nix, which looks worse and worse by the day. So, um, you know, I'm not, we don't lose often. When we do, it's usually, and that, wasn't, that game wasn't because of Bo Nix, though. That game was because our number one draft pick threw two pick sixes. But um, regardless, um, yeah, I, look, Matt Corral is extraordinarily dangerous. Lane Kiffin is going to be extraordinarily dangerous. He's going to want this game so much. And that's why, if I was an Ole Miss fan, uh, win, lose, or draw, you know what would scare me to death is playing Arkansas the next week. <laughs> that would be yeah. a problem if I were Ole Miss. But we'll deal with that later. Um, I, I'm 
the thing that scares me isn't the quarterback play as much as our defensive backfield. I mean, DeMarco Hellams is playing as if it's flag football right now. That's bothering me. <laughs> is he not? Yeah. Well, no, no. And, 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 man, somebody pointed out a great stat last night. Despite the fact we gave up 600 and something yards, some credible person uh, posted that, that despite giving up six, 600 yards, our cornerbacks on one-on-one plays outside the numbers – our cornerbacks only gave up one pass for 11 yards, which means Ole Miss did all that damage to Alabama in the middle of the field, between the hashes, against the safeties, against the linebackers, in, in pass plays. Now, they did run the ball with quite a bit of success, too. But really what destroyed Alabama in the game last year was safeties getting beaten coverage in, in mid, medium and long routes, and linebackers getting beat uh, trying to cover backs and tight ends and wheel routes and stuff like that. So that's what Alabama's got to improve on. You just pointed out Helms has struggled. Daniel Wright has struggled at times. Jordan Battle's a great player, but he's not the fastest kid in the world. Uh, Alabama's got to get better play in the middle of the field because that is exactly what Ole Miss is going to test. You know, Lane gets a lot of credit for this one thing, Luke, which, which is true. When Lane is your offensive coordinator, the first thing he's going to do is identify the best player on offense and live or die with that kid. Uh, when he was at Alabama, it was Derrick Henry. You know, it was Amari Cooper in 14. It was Derrick Henry in 2015. It was Jalen Hurts' ability uh, you know, to, to make a, a productive offense out of his skills in 2016. Now, uh, here, here's also what Lane does that's not talked about, but every great offensive coordinator does. He's a matchup guy. So what Lane does is he watches the Alabama defense and he finds guys, not, not plays, not schemes, not philosophies. He finds players he can take advantage of. Lane is good at finding his guys that are good. He's also good at finding the other team's guys that are bad. Lane will find two or three guys that play defense for Alabama, and then he will pick on them. He'll say, I think I can beat this dude right here, and he'll do that. So that's what we need to – we always need to worry about it, but we really need to worry about it Saturday because that's what Lane Kiffin's very good at. No, I totally agree with you. All right, everybody hang tight. Let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the bar you want to check out. These things are delicious. They're nutritious. We just got the ch- cookie dough chunk chocolate, whatever, limited time thing, delicious. They sent samples. They're awesome, fantastic, good for a meal supplement. Or, you know, if you just want to have a dessert that's a little bit guilt-free, go to Built.com, check them out. Use promo code Locked On to get that discount. But Built.com is where you want to go. Built Bar, look, they I've seen them everywhere. Just go buy you a Built Bar wherever you see one. I've been to Lifetime Fitness. They're there. I've seen them at other uh, fitness places. Uh, not, I'm not going in there to do fitness. I'm going in there probably just to use the restroom or something. But uh, I've seen them in there. So go to Built.com and go check these out. You will love them. They're covered in chocolate, absolutely delicious and nutritious. They're good for a keto or a keto diet. That's BuiltBarBuilt.com. All right, Jimmy, uh, final segment here. Let's talk about uh, Elijah Pritchett real quickly. Just tell everybody what you think about him. Big fan. Uh, I watched the tape. Now, keep in mind, uh, you, you know, some people always think, well, you know, he hypes the Alabama guys. He's an Alabama fan, and I'm sure I do. I can't help it. I mean, I'm just human. But 
when I watched the Elijah Pritchett tape, uh, let's say a month ago, five weeks ago, when I watched it, I was pretty sure at the time he was going to Florida State and uh, per interviews that on three is done with the kid. Uh, that's the impression we got as well. This kid was going to Florida State. Uh, and then they got off to that terrible start, and they look like it's total chaos down there, and he just backed off of that and, and, and is going with the safer pick in Alabama. Uh, so at the time I watched the tape, I really thought he might be going to Florida State. So when I brag about him, I'm, I'm bragging on him as a kid. Well, I hate that we're not getting him. He's probably headed to Tallahassee. But uh, what, what I like the most about Elijah is, you know, for any highly regarded, highly ranked tackle you're always going to be talking about a kid who's tall, who's long with long arms and long legs and, and, and is athletic. Uh, you know, when you get these 6'6", 300, I mean, that, that's the prototype, right? 6'6", 290, athletic. Okay, we just described every, you know, top 250 tackle in the country. But what makes Elijah special or different is the the attitude with which he plays with this is a mean kid this is a kid who who plays offensive line but does it with the exact tenacity of a front seven guy on defense i mean he gets after it he enjoys the contact and the physicality he doesn't just carry out his assignment he buries the dude he's supposed to be blocking i mean he's he's very physical that sort of stuff is going to translate really well to the SEC in terms of how quickly he can play. And he might be able to play really quickly, but he's going to have to learn to play with technique. Basically, in in high school, he's just beating up people. The ball is snapped, and Elijah just beats up the guy he's supposed to to block. So it's going to take a a little time uh, when he's, you know, he's going to have to use technique to block uh, huge guys like he will face every week in the SEC. But uh, this is a big pickup. This is a high-quality guy. Um, I, I, you know, uh, on three has him as a top 100 player nationally. I think that's ex- exactly where he should be. Not a five star, but uh, a solid high four star is the way I look at him. You know, he reminds me in that description of the old Rodney Dangerfield joke where he said, yeah, my high school was rough. Uh, my old high school football team, after they sacked the quarterback, they went after his family. You know, <laughs> that was my Rodney Dangerfield impersonation, mother. That wasn't as good as most of you. Some of you are in person. Your Orgeron is just dead on, but that that's going to need some work. Well, your Orgeron, you just got to you got to talk talk from the bottom of your stomach. That's the only way you can do it. You've just got to talk, come up through the bottom all the way, and then just sort of you just regurgitate whatever. And that's that for him. That was a sentence. But um, anyway. <laughs> All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is the predictions episode, so be ready for it. You know, I haven't really settled out. on a – have you settled on a score yet? Alabama no, almost, you have to say what it is, yeah. I'm surprised. Okay, surprise. well, I mean, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm wavering. I've considered picking Ole Miss. Well, I, I'm considering. Save it, man. I, I mean, I, 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 like I, the, I like the drama. <laughs> well, um, to be honest, I don't know what I'm going to pick yet. I'm still, I'm still studying. I'm still, I'm still looking at the pie charts and the the flow charts and the pie graphs. Venn diagrams. Um, all right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. And uh, go check out Locked On Bets, everybody. That is a cool, cool podcast. Also brought to you by the Locked On Family Networks. But until tomorrow, I'm Luke Robinson, and roll tide. Roll tide.